Today on The Faction, these are historic times. We're going to talk about how NXT and AEW are making history today on The Faction. What's going on, family? Good day to you. I hope that everybody's doing well. I am Gerard Bonner. They call me GB. They call me the professor. Lots of names, same guy, and I hope that you are enjoying your day. What a time to be alive, and what a time to be a pro wrestling fan, and what a time to be rocking with us here at The Faction. So if indeed you are Thanks for rocking with us. It means the world. You know, we've been doing this now for years. Like, seriously, we're at the, I believe, seven-year mark or something like that. It's pretty crazy to think about all that we've been able to accomplish in this amount of time, all of the episodes, all of the moments. It's really been special, and there's more to come. So wherever you joined us on the journey, if you were with us from day one or if today is your first day, thank you for joining this movement that we call The Faction. And I do hope that you're finding a whole lot here that you enjoy. Hey, give us a follow at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We've got some cool things there. We also have some great content videos that you can find there and on my socials as well, all dealing with the world of pro wrestling. So check those out. Leave your thoughts, your comments, your opinions. We just dropped a recent one on the Von Erich family and families in pro wrestling. And if you haven't heard, the Von Erich family is literally in the process of having a biopic made and I mean it's major it's starring Zac Efron like it's a big deal it's coming to movie theaters Christmas week you guys are going to want to check it out and as I'm mentioning that again what a time to be a wrestling fan this week we have learned of Netflix who has a brand new docuseries coming out it's called Wrestlers and it's focused on OVW Ohio Valley Wrestling. Now, if you've been following the sport at all, you know that before the WWE ever had the Performance Center, the genesis of that idea happened with OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, which was its own independent territory, but really became NXT before there was NXT. And the people that came through OVW, I mean, my goodness, you had John Cena, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, Batista, Randy Orton, Shelton Benjamin. I mean, like the list of people that have come through that have gone on to be massive superstars. Mark Henry spent some time there. The Big Show spent some time there. A lot of great names have gone through OVW. OVW has since moved from being a WWE developmental territory to becoming an Impact Wrestling developmental territory to completely leaving those systems and returning to being an independent promotion. Well, this docuseries looks at a real challenge for OVW as OVW, while history speaks well of it, financially is in trouble. It's run by Al Snow, who was the trainer, of course, for Tough Enough, and he also worked with Impact Wrestling. 
Al Snow is in major trouble financially with OVW. And so he sells a great portion of this to a popular local DJ. The issue now is if OVW does not have a financially successful summer, OVW will be forced to close its doors. This story is being chronicled as it happens on Netflix. You'll be able to check out the premiere of it on September the 13th. But the trailer for it is available now, and it's amazing. It's really, really something very, very special. And again, this speaks to the health of the pro wrestling business. If only the WWE is doing well, then the wrestling business is not doing well. We need for all parties to be doing well. That's why what happens this coming Sunday with All In is of such great importance. That's why what's happening in WWE is of such great importance. But I think it speaks even larger to the fact that non-WWE and AEW entities are now subjects for motion pictures, docu-series, streaming platforms. Yeah, it's a special thing. So I mentioned to you at the start, this upcoming movie for the Von Erichs that's coming in December. September the 13th, you have the debut of Wrestlers. That's what it's called on Netflix. But that's not all. As yet another movie is coming about the world of pro wrestling. The movie is called Cassandro. It is the legend of Saul Armendariz. Saul is known as the Liberace of Lucha Libre. And this story will come to life thanks to Gail Garcia Bernal. Bernal stars as the real-life gay luchador who performed in amateur wrestling matches on both sides of the Mexico and U.S. border. Better known for his ring name, Cassandro, the El Paso, Texas native, blazed trails in the 90s when he became the colorful, exotico character that he's known for, and that character is Cassandro. There is a full trailer out for this movie right now. The movie premiered at the Sundance Film Festival back in January, and it will be in theaters on September the 15th before streaming on Prime Video on September the 22nd. So the month of September, massive, massive month again in pro wrestling when you're considering now you've got a docuseries hitting on Netflix and this major movie about Cassandro going to both theaters and Prime Video. So make sure you are checking these incredible stories out. I'm, I love this. I absolutely love this. And it does speak to the strength of where we are in the world of pro wrestling. And so speaking of the strength to where we are, you know, there's so much to talk about over the weekend. Impact and New Japan presented Multiverse United 2. You know, we're off the heels of Forbidden Door from a couple of months ago. We'll talk about AEW All In, but right now, I want to talk about NXT. NXT Heat Wave, which took place last night. And let me just tell you, coming into Heat Wave, this thing felt really, really different. I mean, it felt legit PLE. It felt very much like a premium live event on USA, and it was headlined by the main event for the NXT Championship as the champion Carmelo Hayes took on Wes Lee. Before we get there, let's talk about Trick Williams for a second. Trick Williams in a major match against 
Ilya Dragunov. Now, Dragunov was certainly the heavy favorite. Side note, there are going to be some spoilers in here. So if you've not watched NXT yet and you want to see things as they happen, go ahead and hit the pause button and then come back for my analysis on this. If you already know the results or you just want to hear the analysis, continue listening. With that said, Trick Williams takes on Ilya Dragunov to kick off the show. And let me just tell you something. Trick Williams is special. I will say it again. I said it on Twitter. I mean it. He is special. In many people's eyes, coming into this match, he didn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. You did not expect to see Trick Williams survive let alone win this match. But he proved a lot of doubters wrong, going toe-to-toe with Ilya Dragunov. And you knew from the moment Trick Williams walked through the curtain that he was a star. His new theme music, crazy. The crowd already chanting to it. It was so infectious that Booker T had to get involved. Like, it was just special. And I'm telling you now, One thing that NXT has done perhaps better than any other brand is they have identified star power. And we saw star power at its apex last night with Trick Williams. How invested the crowd was into this match. I mean, it was just, it was special. It was absolutely special. That match alone is worth this entire show. But then you get into Ava. Ava, of course, the daughter of The Rock, a major portion of Schism taking on Ivy Nile, and she dominated that match. I mean, the improvement is incredible. I am impressed with what we're seeing with Ava and the like, but I have to spend some time on the main event. And yes, I'll do a video that's a bit more succinct, but that's one of the reasons why I love this podcast is because I get to kind of really walk out some thoughts and hopefully you get to process them with me. So let's talk about this main event. You've got Carmelo Hayes, the NXT champion, taking on Wesley, the former North American champion. Many call him the greatest North American champion for the NXT championship. It is the first time that two African-American men have fought for the NXT championship in the main event. Now, some might say it's 2023, it's about time. But I have to explain this. And I want to explain this in a way that I hope everyone will gravitate to. Here's the thing about pro wrestling. In pro wrestling, as we are recognizing, certainly in this modern era, there are a number of marginalized people groups. And in those marginalized people groups, It is very easy to just say, okay, let's have the first this. Let's have the first that for the sake of having the first this and the first that. But if you do it for the sake of, then there won't be proper buy-in, okay? What has to happen is people have to be invested in whatever wrestler you are putting on their television screen such that when you say they're going into the main event, and a first time ever kind of thing, that it actually means something. Here's what excited me so much about this main event last night, that before anybody ever brought up the historical significance of it, it was very easy to recognize that the two best stars right now in NXT are Carmelo Hayes and Wes Lee. Nobody's arguing that. Black, white, or indifferent. So to see this, And then to have the added history 
of, oh my gosh, these are the first two African-American men fighting for the NXT championship. It's crazy. It's amazing. Now, the second NXT champion ever was Big E. That's a big deal. Big E, of course, would be one of only four African-Americans to hold the WWE championship. And that, of course, includes The Rock, Bobby Lashley, Kofi Kingston, and Big E. Those four names are wildly significant. And yet all four of them, no one could argue with because certainly when they won those titles, it was well-deserving. And as a matter of fact, who can ever forget one of the greatest roads to WrestleMania ever was Kofi Mania in 2019. Like we all loved it. We all love to see it. And we all love to see this beautiful display of what being elite and excellent really looks like in NXT. Not to mention, you had an African-American female ring announcer with Alicia Taylor. You had an African-American referee. You had an African-American man on commentary. That whole combination is few and far between. And I don't know if we've ever seen that combination ever happen on national television in pro wrestling. So this was very, very special. Extremely special. And the match was fire. Absolute fire. So witnessing these moments, being alive for this, is special. And for those who just kind of see it as another wrestling match, let me just explain. For years, pro wrestling has mirrored the larger society and the larger culture. Which means pro wrestling, by and large, had been primarily a white male-dominated sport a white male dominated sport. I intentionally said that twice because I want people to understand that what's been happening in the modern era has been just as society has evolved, it has forced pro wrestling to evolve. Women can no longer be deemed as a sideshow. And that's why WrestleMania 35 was so big to consider. You had Kofi Kingston, an African-American man, fighting for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. That's very rare. And then you had an all-female main event, first time ever, WrestleMania 35. We've really only seen one other female main event since then, that, of course, being Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks just a couple of years later. Special times, you know, and I know that we want to get to the place where we don't have to have firsts, but when we do, we should acknowledge it. And one of the reasons why we have to keep our foot on the pedal is because we're seeing what's happening with women. It was just during SummerSlam in that season where people were very upset about the lack of female representation on the SummerSlam card. And then that same conversation has been happening in AEW. So women's wrestling... Even though there have been a couple of all-female pay-per-views, they've been very, very rare. WWE only did one. The NWA only did one. AEW has yet to do one. I don't recall if Impact has ever done an all-female pay-per-view, though they historically have presented their women in a great, great way. All of this to say, these moments in history... We've got to pay attention to them, and we have to continue to push forward to see this kind of movement because it's of incredible importance. Shout out to everybody involved in that incredible main event 
at NXT. We go from one level of history to another because this weekend, more history is made this time in AEW. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the man with the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonafide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby. Are you ready? Yes! Hey guys, before we hop back into the podcast, I want to let you know that you have the opportunity to wear the merch of hopefully your favorite commentator. That's right, I have merch available representing us here at The Faction and representing my journey. Lego. You've likely heard about my journey into pro wrestling, and if you haven't, I can sum it up in a couple of words. Uh-oh. It took me five seconds of courage to bet on me. So we've got great merch out there allowing you to tell the world about five seconds of courage and betting on you. you can check out that merch right now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Check out this new merch representing yours truly in the world of pro wrestling. Bet on you. Five seconds of courage. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. I know you're going to dig this. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Casey Vegas is taking How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a been. There's a you, there will always be an SHW. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. 
So we go from one moment in history to another moment in history. And this moment in history is very, very special. We've been talking quite a bit about All In at Wembley Stadium in London ever since it was announced. And from the moment it was announced, so many people were naysayers. People wondered, okay, has AEW gone too far? How do they think they'll even have half capacity in London, England at Wembley Stadium? Have they gone too far? And it's funny because people based it on what they've seen here in the United States. AEW had not been that gutsy. The largest attendance they've had has been about 20,000, and that happened, of course, at the Arthur Ashe Center in New York City. But it didn't feel like they would be able to do it. What this really showed us was that here in America, we only look at what happens in America. Most did not know that one of the reasons that AEW was able to do this is because AEW has better ratings on their weekly show in London and in the UK than the WWE does. AEW is a very hot commodity, and many people would be interested to see AEW appear across the pond for the very first time. And it has proven to be so. 25,000 tickets reserved in the pre-sale, 50,000 sold in the first day. They're currently at over 80,000 tickets sold. It's being marketed as the largest event in pro wrestling history. Now, okay, let's just discuss this. One could argue this is semantics, right? I mean, after all, we do remember WrestleMania 3, 93,173 people. But I think what AEW is doing is going from WWE's own self-definition of sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. And even back in 1987, whether we like it or not, WWE self-identified as sports entertainment as opposed to pro wrestling. As a result, we are sitting in a space where AEW, yeah, is presenting the largest pro wrestling event in history. Now, one of the reasons why I think this is so significant is it really does speak to the true health of the pro wrestling business. Let's just call a spade a spade. As I said before, when only the WWE is doing well and the rest of the wrestling world is not, it's not good for the larger sport. You need all elements of the sport to be doing well. And the fact that we're now seeing docu-series and films and motion pictures made about non-WWE entities, that's significant. It speaks to the popularity of this sport. It speaks to the revenue-generating power of this sport. And it's very clear. Wrestling is alive and well. And I wish, I really wish that Brandon Clack and Courtney Beard were on with me right now. I'm evoking their names because I would tell them what I told them prophetically a few years ago, that we are entering the greatest time in the history of our sport. And we are. Say what you want about the Attitude Era. What the Attitude Era did not do is produce 80,000 people in a space. In fact, WrestleManias during the Attitude Era were still happening in arenas and not stadiums. Consider that. Consider the fact that, again, for all that you want to say about TV, there was no social media then. I wonder. We could only pontificate in terms of what social media and streaming would have done. We know what it's doing now. And clearly, WWE is having record numbers. 
those numbers as record numbers are beating the attitude era so yeah we're in a great great moment right now congratulations to aew with that said i think aew has a very interesting scenario ahead of them there's absolutely no denying that all in is the biggest pro wrestling event in history my challenge is how do you then make all out seemingly as important a mere seven days later so let's talk about this there is right now the expectation that if you are going to watch all in and all out you are going to pay for them as two separate pay-per-view buys which means you're going to spend a hundred dollars in seven days to watch two wrestling events at home now i think most of us wouldn't mind spending a hundred dollars to go to two wrestling events live and in person but at home is different how do you market all out when you're putting so much energy and rightfully so into all in i'm not sure that this is the greatest business decision but AEW could prove me wrong. We'll obviously find out in a few days, but I'm interested in knowing, will you buy AEW all in and all out, or will you buy one of the two or neither of them? I want to know that. Let me know on the socials at The Faction Show. Dynamite is the go-home show tonight for all in. You've got to think they're going to do some amazing things. And speaking of amazing things, how about Sting showing up here in Atlanta at WWA4, that's crazy. That's nuts. You've got to imagine that there will be a lot of conversation about that tonight. And by the way, I will be live and in living color at Dynamite tonight. I'm excited to attend. No telling what will happen, but I'm glad to be able to see it. We'll obviously bring you back a report on that and let you know some things that perhaps you did not see on television it's going to be a great, great time, and it's a great time to be a pro wrestling fan. So let me just say this. This boom that we are in right now, you get to help continue the boom. And how do you do that? You do that by ordering pay-per-views, by ordering merchandise, by attending wrestling shows, whether they are AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, New Japan, NWA, or how about independent wrestling shows you're able to watch so many of them courtesy of platforms like iwtv and fight tv make sure you subscribe to these places and while it's impossible to watch every stitch of wrestling that's out there i do think you should find at least one promotion to jump behind and certainly ww or aew probably is easy to do i want to challenge us to find an independent wrestling promotion. Now, obviously, there's Southern Honor, which I'm a part of. There's Battle Slam. I'll be announcing very soon about a new promotion that I'm joining. Yes, that's coming in September. We'll be talking about that very soon. Also, there's work with the Nightmare Factory, which, by the way, Student Showcase 10 has just dropped. I'm doing commentary on there, along with Brandon Benefield and our partner, Jordy. So you can check that out. There are lots of ways to check out independent wrestling, whether you do that via a streaming platform or attend live and in person. I want to healthfully challenge you to do that. You know why? Because the independent wrestlers that you're seeing today are the stars of tomorrow. You may not have known 
that an Austin Theory, former U.S. champion, who opened up WrestleMania against John Cena this year, was part of SHW, right? Alan Angels, who you've seen in the Dark Order and now in Impact Wrestling, SHW. You know, so many others. I mean, I could run through a laundry list of people who have come through Southern Honor and other great independent spaces. Swerve Strickland, Darby Allen. So much of what you see in AEW are wrestlers from independent promotions. So do yourself a favor, do this business a favor and help independent wrestling live as well as an AEW, a WWE or whatever you consider to be a major promotion. All right. All right, we're going to get out of here. I got to head over to Dynamite. But listen, pay attention to all the cool things that are happening. And yeah, I have one more question that I want to ask, and I'll probably ask this online as well. But what's your favorite pro wrestling TV show of the modern era? I have an answer to the show that I look forward to seeing the most every week. But I want to get your answers, and I may answer that question either on a video or on a future episode. Until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I lead my people, hear 